Hello there, friends, and welcome back to the South American Dota Pro Podcast, episode 12 of Sad PP. We had a little bit of a delay getting this episode out there. We had something else planned. That got canceled, but we found something even better. Today, I'm excited to bring back Bowie and two Brazilian boys, um, members of the SG Esports organization. We've got Mateus Cisne. I think yeah. I probably butchered it, but I tried. Uh, he's Perfect. the owner uh, or one of the co-founders here of SG. And then China is uh, their manager. And we're excited to dive a little bit deeper, maybe learn a little bit uh, under the hood of what's been going on in Brazilian esports. Uh, first up, though, Bowie, welcome back. How are you, bud? Dude, doing really well. Just exercise. Feeling great, man. Oh, good. Glad Whoa. to hear it. <laughs> yeah. Look at you. And, uh, and probably an exciting episode for you, although we're going to do most of this in English. Um, this mm. is all about Brazil, baby. This is like the episode for Brazil esports. So let's fucking go, yeah. right? <laughs> Perfect. So, um, uh, yeah. Where, where do we want to start, Bowie? Where, where, what's the first topic hmm. you want to dive into? Mateus, thank you for joining us, man. I, I, don't, I feel like we don't get to talk to um, like co-founders or like heads of team organizations very often. Now, a lot of them like to keep a lower profile. So first of all, thank you for joining us and uh, willing to talk a bit. I appreciate it. Oh, yeah, thank you yeah. guys for, for your invitation. Uh, I, I'm really excited to talk a little bit about SG, uh, our history, how it's going right now. I always listen to you guys. I'm, I'm a huge <laughs> fan as well. So I'm really excited to be here. Well, shit, man. I appreciate it. Uh, maybe that is a good starting point. How are things going right now? We just finished week two of the second DPC season. Um, how are we feeling? What's the general vibe right now? Well, uh, I, I couldn't lie. <laughs> like after yesterday, we we are a little bit sad because uh, as competitors, we 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 feel that we felt that loss really bad. You know, it's we were preparing really hard for this encounter. We we studied them really really hard. I, I saw the 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 fight that the, the boys put in to study Thunder Predator. It's a really tough uh, a team. They, they are playing really, really well. We, we knew that. And the players were really focused. But uh, the first game, we, we did what we were supposed to do. We were focused. We, were, we did our picks that, uh, that we, we thought that were good enough to, to beat them, and we did. But the second and the third game, I, I think, like, I, I'm not there in Fortaleza with the boys. Uh, China is not there, too. But I don't know. Maybe they got a, 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 bit, a little bit anxious, and uh, they, were caught, they were caught, like, in the, in the draft, I, I guess. Yeah, I, I'm not sure what to make of this trend that we're seeing, but this series that you're talking about, the SG versus Thunder Predator we just saw yesterday, um, this has followed the same kind of pattern that a lot of these big matchups have, where you have a game one that looks fairly convincing. Oh, boys, this might be a quick series for SG. Game two is like, okay, yeah, it just went back the other way. And then game three looks sort of like game one, but convincing the other way. And then you go, oh. Wow, now that I just watched that game, Thunder Predator looks really good. And you almost wish, like, man, if this were a best of five, fuck, yeah. dude, this could get really interesting. You know, it's like, um, 
some of the series like that have been really, really close. It's fun to watch, but it's it's kind of a heartbreaker to win game one and then lose two in a row like that. Yeah, yes, definitely. Definitely. It's... Uh, it's uh, well, we had like a long break from the last game that we lost to no ping as well. We really felt that game too, but I, I think one... Uh, there are four teams right now that are really, really going well. It's us, Snowping, Thunder Predator, and Beast Coast. And when we lost to 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 Noping and then to to Thunder Predator, uh, after Noping, we had a long break to study them really hard. And, and China can talk a little bit more about that. But the 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 boys were really focused. So. It's it's uh, it's really sad yeah. <laughs> what happened. Yeah. I really hoped we had like a Bo five, but yeah, uh, and that's I mean, the rules. So I agree that uh, I mean it's really sad. But when you compare the match you guys had with Noping to the one with Thunder Predator, arguably better than Noping, right? I think we can all agree. Yes, uh, definitely. you know, not only it went to three games, but I really feel like there was improvement from uh, that first series to the second one. So in that regard, I think that's positive. It's kind of hard that you have to improve as the tournament's coming. So yeah. that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to qualify to the major. But, you know, if this is a long-term project, I think you guys, I mean, at, at least it feels like you're working towards the right direction. China, I'm uh, curious to hear about uh, your perspective on this current format and having so much time in between series to prepare. Is it objectively a good thing? Is there like a dark side to this? Because as much as you have all this time to try to figure out your opponent, it's equal but opposite, right? Thunder Predator's got all that time to do research on you guys and figure out what your weaknesses are. Yeah, uh, I'm... I don't like too much this kind of format because I have a long break like one week or one BO3. And if you lose, you lose a lot, right? And in 2019, we, when I was with Chaos, we did a lot, a lot, of, a lot of tournaments that was BO2, like round robin, everyone against everyone. This for me, this is the best format, but I don't know if the DPC we can do it, right? Really hard to, Play a game if you you're not okay or your team is, is not in a good day. If you lose a BO3 against uh, an, I don't know uh, lower division team that's in the upper division, if you lost that GG, you lost like a a huge I don't know a, a huge uh, part of the way, right? Uh, yeah, it's a it's a really hard to play against. The other teams like Viscoast and Predator, hoping, okay, if we lose against them, it's okay. But if you lose, uh, I don't know what. Yeah. I think that you are better. You lose a lot. So if this break, I don't, I don't like this break because uh, we don't get used it because uh, we are Brazilian, right? South American likes to play Dota all the time. And that's why sometimes I, I, I like the way mm. we play the BTS tournaments from America. It's kind of like, it's, it's not all day. We play like two, three BO2s and okay for us. But one BO3 is really hard because if you lost the game one, it's the second game will be 
yeah. much harder than the first one. I have heard no. people say in the past, like so historically, some teams on a t- on on land. One of the big ones has been like if you're the lower bracket team on the last day, you have the team in the grand finals waiting. How long of a break do we have between the lower bracket finals and the grand finals? And some teams they want like two or three hours. They want a full lunch break. They want to have time to decompress, do a little research, like relax and and kind of reset completely. Then there's other teams that say, give us ten minutes. I just need to go pee. We're ready to go. Let's just keep this. Let's keep the momentum going, baby. We just won the lower division. Now we're winning the upper division. It kind of sounds like you're saying that you guys are a little bit more of like a momentum team where you almost prefer like, all right, we just want a series. Oh, this is awesome. We're hype. Let's go and get it. Let, let's smash them again kind of thing. That's That was sort of my my takeaway from what you just said. Yeah, yeah. I think all the, the South American teams is like that, right? If you see Thunder Predator play like, I don't know, 12 games. In the the major, they destroy everyone. They got the first in the group stage, and after the playoffs, they they start a, a amazing mm. line in the 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 lower bracket. It was amazing to watch, and it was a team that liked to play Dota, right? And start to play one yeah. game another. Do it's like that. I think I don't like the this system, but I I, I agree with other guys that like that season because you you have time to study the other team the other team has the same time you you're gonna study you but i don't i don't it's like the the system that you play one bo3 and that makes you better or, or worse than the other team mm, i like the yeah. the system that you play i guess everyone like two times Mm-hmm. I think that would be definitely like an improvement. Yeah. A lot of people talked about this, where like at least we, you could play a BO2 against everyone twice, right? Uh, so instead yeah. of one BO3 against everyone, you, you have back-to-back. Uh, well, because timing matters. Sh- I mean, that helps remove some of the RNG of like, it's a new patch if you're matched up yeah, against... I like- feel like that's... Yeah, no, I think we're saying the same thing. Like you could basically get unlucky where, all right, we're playing Beast Coast first. It's a new patch. We haven't seen Beast Coast play at all because they didn't go to the major. That's pretty shitty. If I could choose, I'd rather play Beast Coast like fifth or sixth or something so that you can at least see like what they're doing, what heroes are they playing, how are they adjusting to the patch? Like Mm -hmm. that variance alone over a six-week league is fucking ridiculous. It's brutal. Yeah. Yeah. Like when we saw the, ten, I think it was Thunder Predator versus Infamous, they just came back from the major. So like, imagine they they went to the major. <laughs> yeah. They obviously wanted your ass. So I, I'm pretty sure they didn't scrim, they didn't play. They almost lost to Infamous because like obviously Infamous was here just chilling. They they played a lot of the new patch, mm-hmm. and uh, it felt like if Infamous was just a little bit better, and Thunder Predator is obviously like much Jet better lagged. than them. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and jet lagged. Like they could have lost, and it's pretty much just because of the patch. So I, I yeah. just like the way the the patch drop and the system works. I, I definitely feel you guys a little bit in that regard. But on a more yeah. positive, oh, go ahead, please. No, no, I, I was just saying that I, I agree with you guys. It's like I think one week from each game, it's it's too much time, you know. Because for example, when we see last season, like we had a. a, a a DPC like a regional that was really uh, calm and you had like a week to prepare for your other uh, confront so it's so it's good when you see just that point it's kind of good you can prepare very well for your opponent and uh, but when you you get the whole vision 
you go like for example in major like uh quincy crew I, i saw Lelys complaining about it they they played like uh six games in one day and they just yeah. lost and it's 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 too calm in one point and too rushy i don't know if that exists <laughs> yeah. in in another point so mm-hmm. i think it we uh, valve should balance like the, the times between these majors and regionals and i totally agree with you guys like uh, uh, uh bo2 and and we could if we could play like uh, again with thunder predator uh, i know that we could do better yesterday and it, it's I, i agree with you guys i don't think it's the best choice of format to so to the team is there an upside though because i did an interview with brax a couple weeks ago and he told me that he he's heard a lot more optimism of non-dota team organizations in north america that were not interested in dota at all when we were in the chaotic sort of random mm. tournament structure and now that we at least have this this dedicated league with guaranteed eyeballs scheduling exclusivity that a lot of them are more interested and he definitely expects a few of them to perhaps make an investment once we know which North American teams are going to TI, perhaps. Um, have you guys felt any of that in South America? Like, have you had any uh, any promising conversations with, like, sponsors? Or has there been any kind of additional buzz from, like, a business side uh, since we've set up this league format? Yeah, definitely. Uh, that's that's uh, That was the main point that we got back to business, right? Uh, <laughs> we, we had a break in 2019. So just because of that, because when we looked at Dota, like I'm really, I, I'm enthusiastic to Dota. And I, I love that game. I played like, I'm really bad. So I, like I'm 3K. <laughs> I've played that for like pain, 10 buddy. years. Yeah, yeah, that's sad, that's sad. But I, I've been playing that, uh, this game for like 10 years, just following the, the pro scene. And, and that's where my passion came from. And uh, in when we opened this this company, we thought like we we are trying to give better opportunities here in South America because we didn't see like uh, companies investing, and we wanted to try to compete with bigger teams like European teams, Chinese, mm-hmm. and but Dota is was like you said kind of chaotic because. You Kinda. didn't have like <laughs> <laughs> so being really kind, yeah, yeah, <laughs> being really kind to them, but it it, it was too risky, you know. Uh, either you lose everything, either you get like you 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 become millionaire, you know. So right. that was one thing, and either you get visual visualizations and good uh, material for your sponsors, or you're just you just don't get nothing. So. It's kind of hard, but when they changed that uh, format in the end of 2019, like 2020, we thought here's a a great opportunity to come back to Dota because uh, now we can show the sponsors like we have a calendar and your your company (laughs) will appear right now uh, in this and we have dates that will we can show you guys we are going to play these tournaments because like when we always 
uh, went to, to talk to sponsors. They said, okay, what you guys got? I said, well, we are one of the top teams here in South America. Uh, when my my brand is going to appear? You Look know at that? all these qualifiers. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and I said, well, it's here, here, but it's it's so shady, you know. So they they just said, well, okay, <laughs> I rather invest in Counter Strike or, or League of Legends because what is like, uh, it's not uh, was not. Uh, uh, organized enough to a serious company yeah. to invest in yeah you know so that was an issue we all faced during our our trajectory yeah i've noticed that a lot of the sponsors i've been able to sell over the years at moonduck and various other places that are interested in dota fundamentally i've failed at selling people that don't understand dota on the value proposition of dota and the only people i've been able to sell to are folks like yourself that have a lot of hours and have been playing for five years, 10 years. Those are the only people that get it. You know, if there's if we're lucky to find somebody that works at Intel that happens to play Dota, that's your guy that's going to get your proposal yes. actually yeah. moving somewhere. Without that guy, I don't know how to do it because it is really hard to convince people that Dota is better than some of these other games. And I laughed earlier because you said, look, we have a schedule. Like, it's a revelation. <laughs> and it's like every other tier Ten one years e after the game. This, seriously, like that's like the base of the pyramid. And here in Dota, we're 10 years in, like, got that calendar, mate. Shit's looking real good for us. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. <laughs> that, that's what I felt. Like, I... I, I... I said, right now we have uh, uh, the opportunity to show someone uh, that doesn't follow, like you just said, is not a huge fan of Dota. We might have a good opportunity to show their branding. So I can do a branding uh, exposure. I can like have uh, metrics to show to them because that's yeah. what that's what all always about. You know, I need to sell. Uh, my image to sponsors that will get visualizations and they get branding. They, for example, uh, if if uh, a brand that's not into esports, they want to enter and they want to know, well, which type of public do I will get in? You 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 sold sponsors, so you know how it yeah. works. So what kind of demographics and, are we looking at? Yeah. Yes, and 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 in Dota we. We couldn't even tell them how many <laughs> games we would have in like uh, three right. months. So we, it was completely chaotic. If I was a sponsor, probably back then, I, I would definitely give the same answer to myself. Right, right. Yeah. It, it's not worth. So, but now with the DPC, I really think that that's changing. We had some sponsors, like we have Melius, that's a big company here in Brazil. They they are sponsoring us right now. They are like the biggest cashback company here in Brazil. Oh, and okay. That sounds pretty big. That, that's, that's serious. Yeah, that's, that's like that's, a real non-endemic sponsor. That's not just like, you know, keyboards and mice and shit. That's like, that's like <laughs> real people stuff, you know? That's, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah that, they are like a company that's revolutionary uh, revolutionary oh sorry it, they are doing revolution <laughs> you had <laughs> it they're revolutionary yeah, yeah you're there revolutionary yes <laughs> and but and that's that's the point like we had some non-endemic sponsors like uh, there's another one that's really nice it's a company called tribe 
there are uh, a company here in in Brazil that they they teach people how to program oh. like softwares and that for free if you pass their exams and you just pay their course after you graduate and get a work and that you oh. get paid at least that's pretty cool. uh, so it's yeah. like a that's whole really pipeline cool. where they teach you and then they help you find a job and that's awesome exactly that's really cool that's awesome that's awesome and they are like uh getting really big here in brazil they got all investment like huge millionaire investment and they are also non-endemic but we uh, like the dota 2 public it's kind of related we all like uh get in touch with technology and right that's uh, and and now these sponsors they are getting a little bit about how to to invest in, in esports and get into these people that they didn't get into before but yeah. we also just not to just to say about everyone we are also sponsored by razor that are providing us with awesome gear and, and dude i've been using razor keyboards for going on a decade now so you're in good company here <laughs> yeah definitely definitely they are awesome so I mean, you mentioned uh, when you guys actually left and came back to esports uh, in 2018, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I I wanted to know, like, was the GESC problem uh, and like all of those tournaments that oh, I, I guess still owe you guys, was that like a big part of that decision, or was it just like a small part of maybe like a sponsors or just chaotic environment? Like how well how, uh, how big? Was that? Yeah, yeah. And I well, guess uh, real quick before we dive in, just in case anybody doesn't know what GESC oh, is, uh, that was tw 2018, uh, the pre-DPC circuit. Uh, that was the same circuit where we did the captain's draft for minor, where it was sort of an open field of like, hey, if you want to apply, you can do it. And there was like a major or minor every other weekend, it felt like, for most of the season. Yeah, uh, GESC yeah, <laughs> was a new tournament organizer that came in. None of us had ever heard of them before. They proposed and were given four minors, I think. Um, and two of them were canceled. And the two that did happen never paid out to the teams or the talent. Um, and it ended up being a pretty big scam where uh, the people running the event uh, kept what money was brought in, never paid out most of it. Um, and now they've actually been sued by Valve. I don't think Valve's actually been paid, but Valve has filed an official lawsuit for the missing money. Um, and SG Esports is one of the teams. Was it the first GESC that you guys went to? Or my memory's a little I foggy. I think so. Yeah, um, but you guys I, I, qualified I, I, for one of them. And uh, yeah, I don't think you guys have been paid yet either. Nope. <laughs> yeah. We've, China, did do, do, do that time you were managing any other teams? No, no, no. no. That time, no. Yeah, no, because we, we didn't get paid that time. Yeah, I I would say that was a part of the problem, but not the big the biggest uh, factor that that made our mind to to stop our activities for a while, uh, because. It's it's kind of uh, uh, tough to to not get paid, right? But uh, and the, the the other payments that time back then we all normally they did uh, take some time to get into our pockets, and that mm -hmm. was a little bit rough Expected. too. 
Yeah. And, and for perspective, but, at GESC, uh, it was $10,000 that you guys won. You placed seventh out of eighth. So I think a lot of English-speaking fans might go, $10,000? Well, who cares? I mean, that's not a lot of money. If that's going to sink your company, then you guys were already in a bad spot. But maybe we could just give some context on what 10000 USD translates to in Brazil, right? Because that's got to be like pretty serious money relative to your organization, right? Definitely. Yeah, yeah. Like I was saying, it was not like the big factor, but the fact that you don't get paid, it's kind of hard, you know, not not yeah. the money itself, you mentality, know, because you can't. Right? Yeah, the mentality, you can't like mm. predict because every company has to, to have a, a real financial business plan. So if you can't plan your year, you're going to, to get lost. You're going to... to to like uh, get bankrupt so but well especially when it's unpredictable right if it happens at one event you're it's reasonable to ask yourself well how many other tournaments are we not going to get paid for is this exactly. business worth it if we're only going to get paid for 50 percent of the tournaments we pay in like you know a truly a one-off okay that's fine that might that's course of doing business things happen but if this is going to be a regular thing i don't know if our financial plan makes any sense anymore you know <laughs> like the yeah, and, and, and it was like an official event, like Valve yes. was sponsoring yeah. that event. So yes. that's 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 a huge thing, you know, because ten thousand dollars, okay, but imagine the teams that like won, like I think Secret won that one uh, that the tournament. I don't uh, know. VGJ Storm won that one actually and Keen Gaming and got second. And how much money did they? It was a hundred thousand dollars for first yeah, place for yeah, VGJ, sixty-five thousand USD for Keen Gaming, and yeah. third and fourth was thirty-five thousand each. So yeah, that that's a lot of money for you. Ask how much money that would give here in Brazil? It's it's like half a million, <laughs> half a million reais. It's like one dollar. It equals five reais here. That's like so, a really good house. Uh, yeah, in, like anywhere. Yes, for example, people always, I've seen some streamers, American streamers, they, they talk about, ah, uh, uh, Valve should step in and, and like, uh, fiscaliz fiscalizar. Uh, I, they should, they should, like, keep eye. They yeah, should they should keep and... an eye in, in how much organizations here in South America, they pay, like, the players. Mm -hmm. And they, and we and I heard like oh it's like less than five hundred dollars and I I just thought to myself this guy has no idea how much five hundred dollars <laughs> is here in Brazil like yeah it's not that small that you might yeah. you guys that are here in the here right now might think mm -hmm. but anyway like it, it was not the 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 big deal that. Uh, we decided to have a break. I think mainly it's the sponsor thing. It was really, really hard to convince people that Dota was worth investing in. Because, you know, like, uh, we are a company. We invested a lot of money to to provide, like, the infrastructure to the players. They live in Fortaleza. They have a really good house there and a housekeeper and a really good uh, food and the best internet and the best equipment and that uh, that all costs a lot of money and I, I, 
we as a company need to get that back from investing, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that back then we couldn't sell the worth of that to sponsors. So mm-hmm. yeah. And nowadays in if you get any organization, the sponsors are the main thing that keeps the organizations running. So yeah. Yeah. if no sponsors, you are so <laughs> what about uh, prize pool cut? Because this is one thing that I've I've heard a lot of, let's say rumors, or I can't really verify a lot of this. It all gets translated. It's a little hard for me as a, a foreigner relative to South America. Um, but I've heard that in the past, there's, there's like distrust from a lot of Peruvian players with a lot of the Peruvian organizations, because in the past, the organizations have offered them really, really bad deals on the, we can't sell sponsors. We can give you a little bit, but if you win this tournament, we're going to take like 80% of your prize pool winnings and that's how the organization is going to recoup that cost um i guess what what level of transparency can you share with us about what percentage sg takes and like how do you go about calculating what a fair percentage is knowing that you're working in an environment that because like from my perspective hearing that maybe that's fair maybe there's a world where if you know you can't sell any sponsors but you're paying players a salary taking 75 percent of prize pools might actually be kind of a fair business model it sounds crazy from like a western perspective of how the teams team salaries are structured but it's just a totally different business model so i'm just curious what your experience with the the prize pool percentage is Okay. Yeah. No. Uh, I right now I couldn't tell you like the percentage because of the contract. Uh, Fair. Uh, Understood. But but anyway, I I definitely can can talk about like the whole point of view because I think we here in Brazil imported that mentality from Europeans and North America and China, like the environment as as a whole. To get here, and the players got like ten percent, ninety percent, and the organization got like ten percent, mm-hmm. uh, and also needed to pay salaries and needed to provide everything, because that's how it works, like in Europe, and that's how it works in North America, Asia. Yeah. But here in South America, it's like just like you said, it's completely different. As a, 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 a businessman from this uh, business model i would say that's really hard to uh to maintain that kind of of sharing you know because mm-hmm. in a in a long term it will break you if you if you follow these models because in north america for for instance i think eg they they are sponsored like by microsoft I, I, there are really big sponsors there mm-hmm. that you can actually survive doing that kind of, of math, you know, this economic. But here in South America, it's a different business. So uh, it's not that much like in in Europe and North America. Uh, but I still think it's quite harsh for for the investors here, you know, mm-hmm. uh, like we in SG and uh, but for instance, we we just expanded to Counter Strike. It's a completely different environment and mentality, you know, in Counter Strike and Dota 2 because uh, Dota 2 we lack of like uh, players that can provide like 
substantial results in consistent times. You know, uh, they are regular in their results. So we've only got uh, one beast coast is kind of what you're saying. Yeah, 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 exactly. And like, for for example, in Counter-Strike, no, you have like really good players that are really fighting for an opportunity and you can negotiate uh, more uh, uh, with more, I would say, better options you know you can right. you can just talk to them and say hey i i need to i i need to survive in order to provide keep providing you your salary and keep providing you the things you need to compete so i i think there's a kind of mentality uh, that here in south america we should import the 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 uh, how it works in in Europe or North America, but I, I yeah, don't think yeah. that's the best thing to do. I think it's a, a different environment, you know. But we we have like a, a, a players that we can talk with. That's a good point. China was a really good uh, uh, factor in this negotiation because he's uh, uh, he really understands our side and 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 their side when we could reach like a, a fair ground of of communication and mm-hmm. i think uh, nowadays we are just both happily enough because if if one side of the contract is not happy it's not a good contract everyone yeah. should uh mm-hmm. like uh, easy a little bit and well yeah i mean if you're trying to build something long term you gotta you gotta build trust and take care of people and uh, i i just you know, I real quick, Bowie. I just want to say, like, I, I think you're absolutely right about uh, companies like EG. I'm looking at their sponsor list. Uh, they also have Razor, but uh, you know, they've had this deal with Monster for five plus years now. Like Coinbase is on here, Absolute what? Vodka, Bud Light. Um, like these are the kind of sponsors that EG has, and these are the kind of sponsors yes. that they don't do micro activations. They don't do like peripheral sponsors where it's like, yeah, we want like two thousand dollars a month. Uh, you know, we want to start light, like. If you're talking to companies at this size, you're talking about like six-figure, seven-figure advertising spends. And their organization is obviously way bigger than just a Dota team. So the kind of impressions that they can deliver across the whole Evil Geniuses ecosystem... It's it's like it's not linear, right? They're like exponential yeah. growth, kind of compared to um, some of these other regions. So I think you're absolutely right. All of this is just to say uh, there's a lot of evidence to make the case that you can't just copy paste the business models and ignore all the regional differences uh, that exist in between. So mm-hmm. uh, I wanted to ask you about the team bundles because that's you know kind uh, of what drove so us sad, here. Man. But before we, we get to there, I just wanted to ask, since you mentioned the CSGO team, uh, are they actually staying in Fortaleza? Like, uh, is everyone there or are the CSGO players like in their own houses? No, no, they are in their own house right now. Okay. Because uh, do you plan uh, to eventually like group everyone, have like a bigger uh, operation or? Yeah, definitely. The... Definitely. We, uh, we, this, this CSGO team is like, uh, uh it's, uh. We are investing in them because we, we we watched them for a few weeks and they play together. They are, I, I think they're really, really good. And I think we will, we will climb our steps to the top, like with this team, you know. Mm-hmm. And as we climb, we are going yes. to provide a, a, a 
like better facilities because everyone everything should pay itself you know we can't yeah, yeah. like so but they are really really good and i i really think we are investing them right now because we we believe in them you know and but for about the, the fortaleza question if they are going to fortaleza as well i really don't know because uh, there is a factor that you you guys just uh, helped me to, to to talk with. It was the Ella Link Twitter ah, like you guys ah, shared. Hmm. And as we we spoke to them, as we retweeted them, uh, I got their contact and and I oh, could that's so like awesome. yeah, that's really really awesome. And that's the point that I I wanted to bring because. You guys helped, I, I think, to, to establish connection with them. And I had a wow. meeting with, with one of their representatives. And it's, it's, I think, personally, it's going to change everything like in the globe, like you know, wow. in esports, because they are already ready. It's, they are just uh, finishing their tests, you know, and it will get a direct link to Europe from South America, Fortaleza. And uh, for, uh, for example, they, there's a lot of Counter-Strike teams that lives in North America just to, to play with Europeans. Uh, but with this cable, we are going to get better pings than in North America. Uh -huh. you know, we, we will have 55 ping to Europe, Lisbon. Dude. And like 70 to Luxembourg. So it's going wow. to be awesome. 70 really, to Lux. Really... Oh my yeah. gosh, dude. 70 that is so to amazing. AG. So amazing. And, and they are ready. Like they started this project in 2012. Yeah. 2012. And uh, they are not internet providers. So I don't know if any internet provider has already paid them and had a contract with them to to sell this internet this cable usage mm -hmm. but as soon like i i think in august or september it will be like open to to Dude, it's going so to be soon. already working that's and so i think that's insane because it will change our perspective the, uh, here in brazil even in the southwest region, we we will be able to mm -hmm. play in Europe, like so. Better than NA, probably, right? Yeah, yeah better like... than NA. So probably, if we are going to build a gaming house for our Counter Strike team, it won't be necessarily in Fortaleza. It could mm -hmm. be here in, in southwest. It's going. It's a little bit more practical to us because we are a company from here. So, right. But uh, it's really, really awesome. Imagine yeah. playing like <laughs> in <laughs> European servers. Damn, dude. Yeah, no. I mean, we've we've talked about it a lot. We kind of assumed that other folks had heard about it. It makes me really happy to hear that that goofy tweet I put out actually got you guys in touch. And uh, goddamn, dude, that makes me so happy. Uh, yeah, and and you should be almost. happy because one of the things they told me that uh, they're planning like to, a lot of good things. I I really can't tell right now. Sure. But one of the things that that opened their eyes to Dota 2 was our engagement in their with their tweeters, with huh. their tweeters. So, uh, like you two were the guys that provided this, and this was the main thing that they decided to like. Well, there's a Dota community, and I think they're the most needed one. <laughs> they really engaged with our uh, social media, so we are going to put them in our plans. 
So wow. that was really cool. Well, fantastic, oh, man. man. That's really great that's to amazing. hear. Uh, that's just also yeah. just exciting for Brazil Dota and Brazil Brazil esports in general, South American esports. Like, mm-hmm. damn, what an exciting time to be a part of the region. There's there's about to be some turbo growth, man. The next like two three years are gonna be fucking Definitely. wild. This yeah. is so good. <sighs> Definitely. Wow. Definitely. Imagine uh, in 2016 when we first invested in Dota, we didn't even have <laughs> a, a spot for majors. So the, it was like I, I, I think to myself, I was kind of totally crazy because when the first time I invested in, there were no there was no spot like for majors. Hmm. And when we got the team, and then it opened one spot. So it was hmm. like. And it was kind of lucky for me. <laughs> so, and for I mean, my associates. We always talk about European teams. Actually, like when will like big orgs migrate to SA, right? Because it always everyone always said that. I mean, uh, we need captains and free there's slot. like free slot and all, all that jazz. Like now, a team can come from Europe and still scream European teams staying here. So I wonder Thanks. how how like how much of an impact this will have to. In like two years, right? Yeah. Uh, Imagine so, how much cheaper cheaper is for for yeah, teams. Because yeah. one euro is like four <laughs> highs. Yeah, <laughs> way more. I think it's like six. Yeah, yeah. six. Yeah, so, six highs. Yeah. So it's so much. It's so cheaper to, to yeah. just live here, and they can provide like with the same money they they give to them. Like they yeah. can provide like a mansion completely insane for for the <laughs> players and half the price or even yeah less. half the price definitely. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the bundles. Uh, oh yes, the bundles. This... <laughs> oh, it's so sad, man. It was so exciting to when we got the news from Valve. Uh, uh, China was the one negotiating with them. He got the, the the messages, and it was really exciting. We we put a lot of effort, investment in to make it ready in the timeline in the time limit they they scheduled. Mm-hmm. Uh, our designers and associator, uh, associates, uh, they they didn't sleep for like a week to 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 make it ready in time. Oh. So that's that's sad because it was so good, and and now I think you, Bowie, I saw you talking about that. Like uh, there are teams that are not even competing anymore <laughs> and yep. players that are like not in the teams yeah i mean like King and, rd was a part of uh, some of the memes in the yard bundle right and he's like exactly it was really sad we had like uh, uh voice lines that were so cool that the community would love and we were really expecting it, it would it, it was going to help financially because we we would get a share from the the, the, the money, the income, and so it's sad. <laughs> it's sad, and and Valve doesn't give us many. And there responses. was no other response like you. I ever think China since... uh, China will <laughs> can tell you better, but so but there was a deadline though. So that's because that's one yeah, thing that but... a lot of people bring up of the like, well, maybe teams didn't, maybe they they're they're you know some teams didn't submit, so then it gets really messy. Or something to which I would say, well, if that's the case, then they just miss out. They, they nope. just, yeah, yeah, if you miss the deadline, you don't get it. It's like the yearbook, right? You don't submit your thing. Yes. There's just a little blank spot next to your picture. That's how it works. That's what a deadline is. Exactly. I don't know why does someone put a deadline. We made that thing 
within the deadline and uh, we delivered it and and I know that other teams didn't. I know for a fact that mm. other teams couldn't provide it. So they asked us to delay a little bit. Like we just, we had already sent and mm -hmm. we, we did send, uh, but we, okay, one week or maybe two weeks at most, but it, it we sent it before the first season started. So yeah, like I could understand that. <laughs> if they didn't send in the first season, but like we're week three is about to start of the second yeah. season and we don't have them. That's I, I don't think it's going to 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 be yeah. to be released. Uh, yeah, I don't think so. I mean, at this oh. point, I I feel like we would have at least heard some updates about like requests for new information or something because. Uh, I, I really wish that I had screenshotted every post I saw of people telling me on Twitter uh, they're going to drop it at the major. They were just waiting for this hype. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. oh, the anime, you know, now it's like they were waiting for the eyeballs. Just you wait, Zayori. You're so negative. Why do you, why are you always so negative about everything? All those people, I can't find them now. That's why I wish I screenshotted. They all disappeared. You know, they're all just whistling in the clouds somewhere. Like, um, I think we're running out of excuses of, oh, no, they're just like the perfect op. There have been multiple perfect opportunities to drop this thing and they've passed. Yes. Um, no, and, and, and they could like talk with us like the organization. Yeah, they, they don't talk. Least. They don't talk with us, you know, because uh, we uh, when China send them a message, we don't get responses to why it's not going or even when it's going to 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 be released or anything because mm -hmm. it, it, uh, i i don't know it it's it's kind of disappointing to get a a, a company as valuable as valve like they have a tournament that pays 40 million dollars and it's just 25 percent of their income with <laughs> with with these so yeah. I, I don't get how a company as big as this cannot like organize something simple because we sent them we sent all the data we sent all the all the images and i know other teams did as well we, within the time limit so i don't get why they just don't yeah. uh schedule a meeting with us they never like we, we never talked like in a video call or anything with them and we are the ones that keep their life their games alive because yeah we are the players we are the ones investing our time or efforts in this so it's it's really yeah. awful <laughs> to i mean say even least. if they didn't schedule a meetup right they could make a post in their blog they could like okay guys it's late we're I mean, we have X, Y, Z. It feels like problems. a little would go a long way. You know, even if yes. they just said, hey, guys, we're sorry. We had this idea. It didn't work out. The bundles are a mess. If you submitted them already, thank you. Sorry. But, <laughs> but you know, yeah. slash shrug. This this was a, an ambitious idea. We've only got these for like 20% of teams. Or maybe teams sent some really garbage assets. They're like, we can't sell this. Whatever the reason is, just saying, hey, guys, sorry, it's over. It, it means something like I, I there's yeah, a lot yeah. of parallels yeah. you can draw, but like as Dota talent in the English community, I've only worked one TI, right? I was TI five. So basically every TI and I got into Dota around like before after TI three. So of the six TIs that I could have worked, I've only done one and pretty much all of them. I've sat there wondering, am I going to get invited? Am I going to get invited? And you never get a no just one day. 
everyone's announcing that they're going to TI and you realize like, all right, I guess it's not coming because people are flying to TI and I still haven't gotten my invitation. Limbo fucking sucks, right? I'm willing to accept that I didn't make the cut this year, but just tell me I didn't make the cut. And to be fair to Valve, they did do that one year. At the Super Major in China, a Valve employee pulled me aside and said, hey, just want to be straight with you. You're doing great at this major, but we don't have a spot for you at TI. They did tell me that one year, but all those other years, the limbo is so much more stressful, so much more demoralizing, so much more taxing. It just feels it's like a kind of respect. Thing, it costs right? you nothing yeah. to just give me a straight answer aside from like a little tiny amount of time. It could just be a mass email to everyone else that should, you know, is in limbo. Um, but and to me, it would have a a tangible impact on my life. It's a month of my life that would have noticeably lower stress, where I wouldn't be thinking about this kind of stuff. So I I feel you from that regard. Like just not knowing is the worst fucking feeling, especially when it's like your livelihood that's hanging in the balance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Like you guys brought the G G I S G yeah yeah game right, and the Valve didn't like send us a message like there was an official championship that didn't pay the, the, yeah. the winning prize and we didn't got one message from them i don't like, know why valve no didn't contact. just float the cash like so as yeah, another personal example damn it's not that much money yeah like at moonduck right that's why like when we started moonduck it wasn't just moonduck studios it's moonduck studios and agency and the agency aspect is like if you're in our little guild we represent you. And one of the things that we always did was pay people when services were rendered. So if we go to a LAN, a PGL event, there's five Moonduck people going, Moonduck invoices on everyone's behalf. When the event ends, Moonduck pays everybody within whatever, let's say a week after the event's over, like, hey, you did it. Good job. PGL might not pay Moonduck for 30 days or 40 days, but we float that difference and that, quote, risk of getting paid because it's a service to the talent. It allows them to have livelihood and live a more regular life instead of floating payments for six months because tournament organizers don't want to pay. We saw that as like, hey, that's that's a service that we provide. That's why you pay us a percentage for this service that that really protects you from a lot of risk. Now, we didn't really work with people we didn't trust, so we we never didn't get paid. But I still, even if we didn't, that would have been us that ate the check. It's not like I would have asked for the talent fees back from the talent. They did what they were supposed to do. So, you know, transposing that onto this situation, if I were Valve, I would see that as like, what does our stamp of approval mean? Well, I think that means the prize pool's guaranteed. So that sucks for us. We should have done a better job vetting the people that we put our stamp on, but fundamentally our stamp means that we're also liable and just passing the buck on that. God damn. That's such yeah. a, just, that's so demoralizing. That's like, is it, it's all supposed to flow from the top down. It's like, own your shit guys. That what does your stamp mean? If you're not willing to back it, literally, what does that stamp mean? I don't, I guess that you get some qualifier points. That's it. That's that there's yeah. just there's no insurance policy and that's that's crazy to me. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Ah, oh anyway, well. Sorry to steal the show there, but yeah, it's it's I guess we're all on the same note, page. It's fucking frustrating, man. It's just yeah. it's it's, it's I, yeah. I, I I'm a lawyer here in Brazil also. I I did my graduation uh. in, in law. Like uh, that's probably uh, if 
I, 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 I'm not like a, a expert in international private law or anything about that, but I guess like in a in a suit, in suit, right? Uh, in a yeah. process, yeah, yeah, in a suit, and uh, we probably Valve would have to pay these teams, right? Mm. Because uh, I didn't make a contract with Jeski, for example, or even any team. Valve did, mm-hmm. and I don't care if if this. Uh, this team, this organizer didn't pay me. I didn't get a, a contract with them. Valve did. Yeah. So I, I never signed any contract with any organizer, for example. Mm-hmm. Once, even once. So it's just about like the, the credit yeah. that Valve gives to the thing. So uh, right. it's kind of really disorganized in my point of view for so much money floating you know well it's telling that they obviously didn't vet people very well at all i mean i I thought we were an exception as moonduck because they they knew us so like there wasn't any vetting that was done when we said hey we want to do this captain's draft minor they didn't ask for proof that like hey do you have any sponsors hey can we see your bank account to prove that you can afford to run this event um it was just oh you want to do it Okay, here you go. Like, here's the contract, and obviously the contract says like, yeah, you have to pay everybody out by these dates and all that stuff. But there was no verification. You could just sign it and go, yeah, sure. No, I got it. I got it. Don't worry, I got I, it. I remember secret. I think uh, Cyborg Matt did a, like an open letter to to Valve or anything about that, oh, and yeah. we signed as well. Yeah, yeah. Because they they didn't get paid, and, and anyone didn't get paid back then. And Valve didn't really care. So, like all the big teams in the world, like, and it's kind of frustrating, you know. For example, we get our image explored. For example, if I were Quincy Krill and I float to in the middle of a pandemic to to Singapore and didn't get paid a single penny, and yeah. like risked my life to play there, like we, they don't get like image rights for example everyone's getting rich with with yeah. their image of playing it did don't get paid so it's kind of strange you know i i don't know i, I don't think it's the best way to work with everyone needs to win in order the things to to keep going you know organization should win valve should win the players should win everyone should win to, yeah to i agree keep I think we will start taking steps towards a more unionized future. I don't know exactly what it looks like for Dota and esports, but I'm positive that is a direction that we're... Because like you said, everyone has a vested interest in growing the whole ecosystem. And that's sort of how capitalism works. And our world's kind of based in capitalism right now. You have these opposing forces that kind of keep each other in check. And that's the whole point of like talent unions and player unions. That's why they exist in all the traditional sports. There's strong player unions that make sure they, you know, get like likeness rights and trickle down think about like hollywood and acting and all that stuff you're if your face is in anything you're getting some percentage of some kickback it might not be a lot but in principle the funnels are all set up so that if you're part of it you're, you're either getting paid to sign away your likeness rights or you're getting a percentage for somebody using your likeness rights we live in this weird like millennial world where it's just we kind of expect everything for free on the internet and i think that's trickled into some of our esports economics maybe a bit too much Definitely. Mm-hmm. Totally agreed. Yeah. 
Um, all right. Well, this has been fantastic. Uh, Bowie, was there anything else you wanted to uh, throw out there? Did we hit most of the big topics there, bud? I think this is pretty much it. I think we talked uh, about a lot of stuff. I, I really enjoyed the Yellow Link uh, side note. I, I didn't yeah, expect that. Really that was really cool. Yeah, dude. That, that's the same. That's... Uh, and just, just to say, the guy that I talked about uh, with, it's it, his name is Thomas, and he's a professional player for... Audacity, Audacity, yeah, from Rainbow Six. Like he's oh, a really oh. pro player. Okay. <laughs> like, like he a really works for this guy. Yeah, yeah, he's French and he, he's really nice. He was so uh, wow. cool with talking with us, and he, he's a guy like from within the community. Like he's a pro player. He competes like for, <laughs> and he also works for Elling. So he's mm. the 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 huh. the guy who who is running the projects to. Wow. explore like the gaming stuff because it will impact drastically in the game so that's awesome uh, shout out to thomas <laughs> yeah dude no we're, we're super excited about l link i love any kind of technology like that that just brings us a little bit closer from a global perspective breaks down some of these these lines that we've drawn in the sand that the internet has done a good job of, of kind of breaking down a little bit. Uh, China, thank you for joining us as well. I, I know that uh, we talked to our buddy Mateus here a, a bit, but uh, you know, I appreciate you joining us. It's always hard when we've got four voices here, but uh, yeah. glad you could oh, share fine, some fine. insight with us. Thank you so much for the invitation too. I was happy to be here. A huge fan from you guys. Oh, shit, Thank man. You, man. I appreciate it. Um, so yeah, China is our head here in Dota 2. Like, without him, nothing would work. So there you <laughs> go. definitely, his presence is is necessary. Thank well, you. folks, uh, if you aren't already, make sure you follow SG Esports. They're on uh, pretty much every social media platform you can imagine. They're doing great work in the region. Uh, I'm sure if you're a Brazilian Dota fan or esports fan, you've already seen some of the stuff they've done. But I love this kind of stuff. Appreciate you guys giving us a glimpse beneath the hood, kind of the the candid, real talk that helps just uh, connect all of these different perspectives and and I think help fans understand the struggle that we're all facing. You know, Dota, I think fundamentally is kind of a passion project and uh, always great just to hear these origin stories and all that stuff. Uh, folks, if you enjoyed the podcast, please give us a like, give us a follow. We appreciate your help and more discovery. Sub on YouTube, find us on Spotify, iTunes, all that stuff. Uh, we are a proper podcast here at Sad PP. We appreciate all y'all listening. We'll catch you next time. Take care. Take care.